This is the story of a podcast that takes weird news from across the world. And while many of these stories may seem fake, they're absolutely not. Because they're Ladies real. and gentlemen, welcome back to Water Cooler Talk, the official podcast of Thanksgiving. That's right, listeners. If you are not listening to this podcast with your family while waiting for the turkey to cook, then we have the ability to fine you. So get out your fine china that you only use on Thanksgiving for some reason, hesitate about inviting your racist grandma over, and give yourself a food coma while joined by the suckling voices of myself, Adam Schultz, and today's guest host of Water Cooler Talk, Haley Reeves. Haley, Welcome to the podcast. Awesome. Thanks for having me. What are you doing today on Thanksgiving? Um, I am with my family. Not currently, obviously, Adam, because I'm with you, but I'm with my family. Um, <laughs> this is eating live. That... <laughs> you had to leave your family's Thanksgiving to come record this. Thank That's you right. for doing yes, that. not a problem. If you guys stumbled across the podcast trying to escape your family Thanksgiving and are wondering what you are listening to, Water Cooler Talk is about connecting the world and conversation by taking the strangest, the weirdest, the quirkiest, most bizarre, and most unbelievable real-life news stories and opening up a discussion about some of the ideas presented in those articles. If you want to share a strange and interesting local news story yourself, comment your thoughts on one of today's stories, or just share your craziest holiday story with your family, you can email us at watercoolertalkpod at gmail.com or connect with us on Twitter at watercoolertalk, talk spelled T-L-K. Do you have any crazy family stories you want to share before we jump into the new first news story? To be honest, I think my family is relatively normal. Pretty calm, yeah. everything. There are some deep, dark secrets that you probably oh, shouldn't share definitely. on the podcast. Yep. <laughs> All right, let's start with a story from the New Zealand Herald. Woman secretly fatten up bridesmaids before wedding. Have you been in a wedding yet? I have not been a part of a wedding, no. Wow, so that's on the bucket list. That's right. Just a guest as of, as of right now. <laughs> as a guest. You don't want to get married. You haven't planned out your wedding. Just be a guest. All right. Penny, recently married, is now opening up months later about how she used morning smoothies to fatten up her bridesmaid's sisters before her wedding day in an attempt to make them look as ordinary as possible during her big day. I always felt like Jan Brady in the middle. I wasn't as hot and popular as my older sister, and I wasn't as cute and funny as my younger sister. I was just Penny in the middle. That would be a good TV show name. But I found a man who loved me for me and I couldn't be happier. Penny says she made special smoothies for her sisters every morning and told them they were chock full of ingredients to help slim their figure. But it turns out that wasn't the case. Penny admits after planning her wedding for a long time, she knew she might get a bit bridezilla-ish. But she never predicted it would have gone as far as she took it. Besides fattening up her sister, who says she has always been competitive with one another, Penny also demanded the bridesmaid dresses to be a neon yellow, which made them look washed out and slightly ill. Penny continues that by the time the wedding had rolled around, each of her sisters had to have their neon yellow dresses altered to accommodate their thickening waistlines. Haley, you have a sister. Just one sister? I have two sisters. Oh, do you? And a brother, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, so this, let's focus on the sisters. Let's just forget you ever had yeah. a brother. Who needs him? Young, you have a younger sister. Do you have another younger sister? No, so I have an older sister. So you're right in the and middle. I, you're Haley I in the middle. I literally am Jan Brady. <laughs> Uh, could you ever see yourself pulling, and you guys have all played sports, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. And so you're fairly competitive. Could you ever see yourself pulling a move like Penny did with the smoothies and the yellow dresses? To be honest, no. I feel like I'm, that's just not my personality. You don't, you don't want to poison your no, sisters? No, God, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm so laid back and relaxed, and I feel like my sisters are the same way. While we are competitive, it's not to like an extreme where I would want, ever want to make them look bad for the sake of making myself look better. Could you 
see yourself in Penny's shoes or just you're too laid back? You don't hold any grudges. Um, I understand like where she was coming from. It's her big day. She wants to be the center of attention. But like I said, that's that's not really <laughs> not really me. Maybe I could see one of my sisters doing that to me. You know, I, you I could be the one. one of them under no, the bus oh right God, now? no. <laughs> they would kill me. But yeah, just that's not really my personality. Fair enough. And I mean, with this, Penny basic, this is basically the idea of poisoning. Oh, absolutely. Like she puts something in their food that altered their way of life. So obviously it's wrong. It's morally wrong. I agree with you. I don't, I have an older brother. I don't think I would ever do this to him. Would you see this as kind of illegal or just morally wrong? I would say it's morally wrong more than anything. Illegally, I mean, she's not technically hurting them. Technically. (laughs) Yeah, if we're going to get technical. I mean, I totally understand how family like if you did this to someone all right let's take this example say like a starbucks worker made fattening smoothies that were supposed to be slim thinning smoothies would you say that's worse i would say it's worse just because she's representing a business well i definitely think like you have such a like you know you have your penny in the middle Mm -hmm. you have this very close relationship with your sisters it's a lot different than say a friendship with a person at starbucks or even a friend so does that make it any better that they're close or does it make it worse I think it makes it worse that they're close. I mean, those are people she has to interact with and see frequently, you know, every every day even. Well, that's that's what I'm interested in. The story doesn't go into it, but I'm interested to know what the sisters have to think about this whole situation. Like to find out, because it's basically betrayal by Penny. So it'd be interesting if your sister of yours did that to you, what would be, how would you respond to that? I mean, I would be kind of devastated and upset for them to like reach out in that sort of negative way to make themselves look better. I would hope that their their morals are <laughs> a better little than that. better yeah. than Penny. Uh, what about the dress? Would you wear a neon yellow dress? No, I would shut that down right away. <laughs> that's as, that's what I was thinking. It's like as soon as the sisters saw this dress, I get it's Penny's big day. I get it, but as soon as you see that dress, you got to be thinking like something's something's, something's going yeah. up here. And then even with Penny's big day, like it's this thing that women and men, but women specifically more common, spend their like whole lives basically planning this wedding, right? It's a basically, it becomes a fairy tale to them. It becomes this huge thing. And then when the time comes, it's almost like impossible to live up to that fairy tale. Do you think the story mentioned Penny being a bridezilla? Do you think that's a fair term to give people? Or do you think it's kind of, hey, it's a very stressful moment, kind of chill. They've been building this up. It makes sense. I think it's fair to call brides bridezillas. Yeah. I mean, there's ways to react to situations, especially like super stressful situations. And as an adult, you're supposed to be able to cope with with those situations and for for her to go out of her way to essentially like you said poison in quotes <laughs> her sisters for the sake of making herself look better it's just extreme yeah, i mean that's, that's like bridezilla that's, level crazy that's very true and it's like there's literally there's a tv show i don't know if you've ever seen the tv show bridezilla's on we tv i mean a long time ago yeah. okay i think before yeah. it was on tlc i don't know i don't want it. I, don't, <laughs> I shouldn't not. know that but yeah i think it's just interesting how it's a very stressful moment like in a previous podcast episode with Ryan Beal, we had a woman who she wanted like a fifty, sixty thousand dollar wedding, but she wanted her guests to pay for it. And then when they didn't, she went on this like crazy Facebook tirade. And like there are points in that tirade, I was like, all right, this this woman is crazy, but kind of makes sense. Like it's such a huge moment. Like, do you have your wedding planned? No, no. <laughs> Will I ever be married? I don't know. Wow, that's <laughs> so depressing. <laughs> do you want to get married one day? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, so and I think um. 
with that, and I think most women, you're maybe in the outlier group, <laughs> they have this crazy idea, and like I said, it becomes very stressful, and then the stresses of everything just come upon you. Like, I agree with you, I think Bridezilla's, it's fair to call crazy brides Bridezilla's, but also, it's like, you can kind of understand where they're yeah. coming from sometimes, sometimes, I want to make that very clear, sometimes, Penny's in the wrong, yep. the girl from the Ryan Beale episode was in the wrong, but sometimes I'm like, you know what? Slightly warranted, right? I would be a Bridezilla. I you think so? Bridezilla. Yeah, I've I'm I've had I've had an idea of what I want my wedding to be mm-hmm. for since I was a kid. I was one of the kids who planned it out since I was a kid. Okay. Like not crazy. I don't have like books and yeah. stuff, but I have a basic idea of what I want it to look like. So like I would be a little pissed off if it didn't happen the way I thought it would happen in my mind. Do you think that's a little bit like narrow minded to think that Probably. everything's gonna like go off without a hitch? It's gonna be perfect. I think it's people put too much stigma around it being this huge day in your life. It's like, it's one day in hopefully the long marriage that you have. And it's like, if you start that day off bad, that marriage is going to have bad energy. <laughs> like this marriage, Penny says she found someone, a guy who loves her. I'm curious to know what this guy thinks after he found oh, out yeah. that his now new wife poisoned her own sisters just because of her insecurities. Another thing that confuses me about this story is like, who would willingly admit that? Like, oh yeah, by the way, haha, I wanted People to look better. People will do crazy stuff for money. That's insane. I guarantee you this probably newspaper was like, we're looking for some crazy news stories, we'll pay you, or crazy wedding news stories, we'll pay you a thousand bucks, and Penny was like, I need that thousand bucks to poison my sister. Oh gosh. <laughs> but before we move on, I want to ask you a bit more of a serious question. To the women listening, and even to the men, what are good ways to improve confidence in yourself? Because obviously Penny was coming from a place of massive insecurity. Throughout the article, she compared herself to her sisters. Her sisters were tall, blonde. She was this Penny in the middle. Um, what, so what are ways, like good ways to feel confident about yourself? For me personally, I think, um, you know, having having a good like mental health basis, you know, just to start off with um, is probably the best way to, you know, instill confidence. You know, if you're not happy with where you are in your life or what you're doing, fix those things first and then the confidence will come with that. I mean, I'm a big proponent against social media. I think people comparing themselves to others is a very negative thing. Right, it's like, yeah. especially in social media, it's like, that's basically what it is. Your, your worth is based off of what people, other people think about you. So when people like, you don't get a hundred likes on a post, it's like, am I actually attractive? Am I beautiful? And then you start questioning yourself. So yeah, I think it starts from just having a stable mental health base and then moving on from there. So I think that's some good advice. Any advice you want to give to Penny? To Penny? Yes. Moving um, forward. She's out. already done the damage. I, I so. know. She's, <laughs> she's done the damage. Um, Just chill out. You know, why go out of your way to to hurt others like that? Even if, you know, it was a joke or if it's not like a huge deal to you, just focus more on yourself and less on, you know, trying to improve other people's views of you, especially given, you know, what she did. (laughs) Especially after poisoning your sister. Yeah. And I don't have sisters, so I don't know if it's different, but at least for me, me and my brother, it's like we don't really we're not really affecting each other's lives in this kind of way where I'm mm-hmm. insecure about what he's doing or and maybe maybe there's some deep-seated issues there but but from like from what I know it's like I'm not I'm very happy for his life he's very happy for my life it's not like oh shit he's doing he's like he just had a baby I'm not jealous of him because he just had a baby because I know that's somewhere down the line for me but I don't know if it's different with sisters no, to be honest I don't even think that this is like a foreign topic and yeah like in this story 
yeah, they are sisters and she's trying to, you know, make herself better given that they were in her wedding. But you see this type of situation, like with girls and their groups of friends, you'll see girls will bring their ugly friends to the bars to make themselves look better. cheerleader. Right, exactly. And like, that's the same sort of thing, to be honest. As a woman, how do you get around that? Because I have no idea. I've never experienced that. I've never been a part of it. So I don't even know like what even the correct question is to ask to kind of get to the root of that problem and how to fix it. Right. I think it really just comes down to having friends with pure intentions. Um, And if you surround yourself with, you know, negative people or people who don't want the best for you, like that's how you're going to end up in poor situations like that, unfortunately. That's some some A plus (laughs) advice. Uh, Months later, after telling her story, Penny does admit to feeling guilt about what she put her sisters through whenever she looks over her wedding photos. So she does feel guilty about it. And one thing I want to add is like now she's looking at these wedding photos, those wedding photos probably don't look the best. She probably looks amazing, but it's like neon yellow dresses. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know. Uh, It's for Penny in the middle to decide. (laughs) I would like to welcome to the show Haley Reeves to today's episode of Water Cooler Talk. You can follow her wild and wacky ways over at Instagram at Haley Reeves spelled H-A-L-E-R-E-E-V. Was Haley Reeves already taken? Um, It was not. It was actually based off of my younger sister's Instagram handle. I thought we'd, you know, oh, keep it in the family. Yeah, keep, keep it, it in little. the family. You have a much better relationship than Penny. Uh, Haley, football tends to be a center stage at Thanksgiving, but you would consider yourself a staunch hockey supporter. That's right. Uh, who's your least liked player? Ooh, that's hard. Evander Kane. What's the least favorite team? Ooh, my least favorite team is... you probably like the Wild, right? Obviously. Yeah, I love the Wild. I think my least favorite team is maybe Winnipeg. Uh, well, today I want to test your hockey knowledge. Oh no. Are you willing to take a 12-question test on hockey knowledge yes. by quizpug.com? I'm a little scared I'm going to embarrass myself here. <laughs> Shame all my hockey friends. All right, so this is question number one. Where was the first indoor hockey rink made? Montreal, Canada, New York, United States, Toronto, Canada, or London, England? If I had to guess, I'd have to go back to uh, Montreal, Canada. Montreal. Home of the Habs. Oh, it doesn't tell us the... We have to wait till the end. (laughs) Uh We have to wait until the end. How many players can one team have on the ice at one time? Three, four, five, or six? There's five, sk- well, five skaters and a goalie. So are we counting the goalie? That would, would be that would be six. Said, yeah, they're on the ice. Six. And we'll see if it's right. What year was the National Hockey League formed? 1907, 1917, 1927, or 1937? Ooh. Oh man, this is this is where everything starts going downhill. <laughs> Let's just go early. 1907. 1907, yeah. the original six. Which team has won the Stanley Cup the most times? Montreal Canadiens, New York Rangers, Toronto Maple Leafs, or Chicago Blackhawks? Okay. And one of those teams has not won. Nope, never mind. <laughs> nope, never mind. <laughs> I think you're right. I'm going to go with the Canadians have the won Canadians. it the most. I think mm-hmm. that's, I believe, the Rangers haven't won a cup yet? They have won a cup. Is it the Maple Leafs sure. that haven't won a cup? I, I think so. That's what I, I know. I think so. <laughs> How long is one period of a play in hockey game? Professional hockey? Yes. 20 minutes. Is it different for not professional hockey? Yeah. I mean, there's like high school hockey, which is around 17. That makes sense. How long is an overtime period in a hockey team? Or in a, in a hockey game, In a sorry. hockey game? <laughs> uh, five minutes. Five minutes. I'm going to cry when, when I get like one All of these, the- right? Yeah. <laughs> 
Which player holds the most records? This one should be easy. <laughs> Sidney Crosby, Mario Lemieux, Wayne Gretzky, or Bobby Hall? Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky. My boy. Did you know him and his brother combined have the most points scored and his brother only has like four points? Yep, I love that. All right, Joe Malone holds the record for the most goals scored in one NHL game. How many goals did he score? Five, seven, nine, or 11? Um, I'm embarrassed to admit that I have no idea who Joe Malone is. <laughs> he's, he's an older fella. His, uh, his picture is of a drawing, if that tells you how old he is. Any guess? Um, seven. That's a shot in the dark, to be honest. What year did the first woman play in the NHL? 1972, 1982, 1992, or 2002? She played for the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm gonna go 82 in the 80s. 82. Who was the first goaltender to shoot and score a goal? Billy Smith, Ron Hextel, Chris Mason, or Cam Ward? One of those on that list has scored multiple goals. Do you actually know this answer? Yeah. What? Why? Well, I, oh, I wanted to be a goalie, so like I knew everything about goalies. All right, hang on. What was the first? Billy Smith. I don't know who that is. Ron Hextel, Chris Mason, Cam Ward. Cam Ward used to play for the Hurricanes. Chris Mason used to play for the Blues. Right. Ron Hextel used to play for the Flyers. I have no Let's idea. Let's go Billy Hextel. Smith yeah, we're gonna go Flyers. This is the last question. When was the last game played where the goalie didn't wear a mask? 1945, 1954, 1963, or 1974? That's tough, man. This is all before our time. I don't. <laughs> um, we're gonna let's go. Let's go in the 70s. I feel like that might be 74. A little late, even, but it's calculating. Did I pass? How many do you think you got right out of 12? Four. Four. <laughs> Maybe six. <laughs> what if I told you you got 10 right? Oh, that's... A plus, you're a hockey star, Haley. Does that make you feel better about um, your hockey knowledge? A little bit, but it's still slightly embarrassing. The two you got wrong were the National Hockey League was formed in 1907, and the first woman to play in the NHL was 1992. In the 90s. A little 90s gender equality there. Mm -hmm. I know her name. Her name was Manon Rium or something like that. Any final, any final advice about the hockey world to people watching football on Thanksgiving? You're watching the wrong sport. Speaking of hockey, let's talk about old women. I am often applauded for my transitions mm -hmm. into stories. I love it. So, woman, or this is from Newsweek Magazine US. Woman who claims to be world's oldest says she had had one happy day in her life. Kakua Istanbulov is 129 years old, being born in the Russian Republic of Chechnya in 1889. Well, this is at least according to her Russian passport. So it's not official, but this is what she thinks, is how old she thinks. But she says those years have been filled with more misery than happiness. Kakua, a woman of Muslim faith, stated, Why did Allah give me such a long life and so little happiness? I would have been dead long ago if not for Allah, who was holding me in his arms. It is hard to live when all who remembered you died long ago and it is very scary to die, however old you are. Through her 129 years, Kakua has lived through and experienced the Russian Revolution, World War I, World War II, being deported to Kakistan during the dictatorship of Joseph Stalin, and the fall of the USSR. So she's had quite the life. The 120-year-old Russian mentioned that the one happy day she remembers is when she first entered the home she had built herself because her husband was too lazy and continued to live for 60 years. So I thought this was an incredible story, not just because some 
somebody had lived to 129, even if she hasn't, but just to live that long is crazy. But like, what's your biggest fear? To live an unsatisfied life. Okay, perfect response. It's yep. like we <laughs> like we scripted that out. But most people's biggest fear is that, and then also death. They don't fear the process of dying. I mean, some do, but I think most people fear leaving behind loved ones, loved ones dying, continuing on with their life without the person they care about the most. So I kind of like when she says, uh, what did she say? It is hard to live when all who remembered you died long ago. That like that hits you in the heart. That makes total sense. Yes. And this is maybe get a little philosophical. What do you personally see as our reason for life? God, that's so deep, Adam. <laughs> that's a great question. Maybe the reason for life is to be happy. And I feel like that sounds so vague or so like almost childish to say. But I mean, why why else would we be here doing what we are? No, I think I think that's true. I think it is a simple answer. You know, I think it's love and happiness and stuff like that. So it sucks to be 129 and to have only one happy day in your life. And granted, she lived a very rough life. She grew up in the, uh, Russia which probably wasn't the greatest place to grow up in during the world wars. But I mean, that's that's a bit depressing is to say, you know, you have one moment in your life that you remember being happy. But I also think it's a part of the reason she thinks that is because when you get older, obviously you forget things more. And so memories like that stick around because she probably remembers all the horrible things. She mentions bodies getting thrown off trains when she was deported. I think her stepfather was who died and was thrown off a train. So you have that trauma and that trauma, like these bad, negative traumas replace these good things. I think I think Kokua probably had a lot of good happy moments in her life, but they're kind of drowned out by these negative moments. I think she has had a tough life. Absolutely. I think it also, you know, this story, it comes back to perspective a little bit. And with her trauma, like you mentioned, it is harder to focus on, you know, the good that might have happened. However, later in the article, it mentions that, you know, she has a, a daughter or a kid. And for her to not see the birth of her child as, you know, one of these happy moments in her life is kind of devastating. A little rough for the Absolutely. for the daughter, yeah. And that's another thing. It's like when people get older, the older generation, we tend to put the older generation in homes. We tend to forget about that generation because, not because we're bad people, but just because life moves on. Like, you know, we find someone we fall in love with, we start our own family, then they have family. And so it's like, okay, you go from, you know, seeing your grandma every other week to a few times a year, and then once a year, and then, oh, someone forgot about grandma. Because it's not that we're bad people, it's just we're trying to move on. That sounds horrible. It, it, it kind of <laughs> does, but you're right. Life moves on. And I think when you get to 129, once again, sounds horrible, but just die. Yeah, <laughs> I would want to. I never want to live that long. If I ever got to the point where I was outliving my children, I feel like, you know, it's warranted that she doesn't feel like she's had a happy life. Going back to what you said, it's perspective. It's like, we don't know. We're not Kakua. We're not Russian. We don't know anything about her life besides what the story told. So yeah, she's probably had you know, kids die, grandkids die, and then she's like, she even says it, like, why can't Allah just end it for me? And so it's like, it's very interesting to hear that perspective. And yeah, I I don't want to live past what I need to live past. Like, I just want to do what I want to do in life, and then I'm good. Yep, I feel the same way. You know, we had a middle school gym teacher, Mr. Lorang. I remember the You remember him vaguely? He told us one day in class that he doesn't want to live past 80. You know, once he's 80, he's like, he's lived his life, (laughs) he's good. And I I kind of, I, I relate a 
little bit to that. If, like, say science came up with the cure for life and you could live forever, you wouldn't be a fan. I don't think so. No. I don't know that I could do it. Life <laughs> is stressful. If they did come up with, like, a cure for life, is there an age you would want to be for the rest of eternity? Ooh. Yeah, I think I would want to, like, live in my late 20s forever. I feel like you're, like, still young, so God, you don't have, yeah, like, the, the ailments, about that, essentially. Yeah. But you're also kind of at a point where you have a little bit of wisdom, you know, compared to, like, your teenage years, <laughs> um, to not, like, make stupid decisions and, and things like that. Hopefully not, yeah. Like, 33 to 35 is, like, my, would be my preferred age. That's what I think it's going to be, like, peak Adam. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be hitting on all cylinders. <laughs> Ladies, watch out. The world, watch out. When I turn 33, that's when I'm taking over. That's right. You heard it here first. <laughs> but, I mean, I would love, I would love to live forever. That's very, uh, such a, such a weird thing to say. It's a foreign concept, but as of I, now. <laughs> but I would want to live forever only if my like, family and friends could also live forever. Because, yeah, it's like, what's it to be immortal if everyone dies and you have right. to constantly go through that? And then, like, you're living a thousand years past and you're like, you don't can't have any close connections with people because you know they're going to die. So I think that's an interesting thing to think about when somebody chooses their favorite superpower as being immortal. <laughs> it's very Lord of the Rings-esque <laughs> with the elves who are immortal and Aragorn who's mortal to struggle. Continuing on our philosophical questions, Haley, how do you want to be remembered? Adam, you're making me like dig really <laughs> deep for these. Oh, that's so hard. Or do you care about your legacy? Let's start there. Let's break it down. Do you care about your legacy? I feel like it would be naive of me to say no because, you know, everybody on this earth, they kind of, everybody wants to be remembered for something or otherwise, what's the point of living aside from being happy and healthy and whatever else? So yeah, I would say I do care about my legacy. What do I want to be remembered for though? I feel like I have yet to figure out. That's fair. I think, yeah, we're still young. I'm 23, you're 23, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we're still young. It's like, we have plenty of time. You still got a few years before you're to your wisdom age. (laughs) I still got another decade until I'm to my peak Adam. So I I think that's fair. And and yeah, that's that's a very good point on saying, like, everyone does want a legacy at some point. Like, I want a legacy. I want to be remembered by people. Not like, I don't want to be remembered. I mean, it would be cool to be remembered in history, like I'm Neil Armstrong or something like that. I mean, yeah, I'll compare myself to Neil Armstrong. Armstrong, if you're bringing it up, Haley, but whatever. <laughs> but it'll be it'll be pretty cool to be at least not forgotten. Exactly. That's my biggest fear is to be forgotten. Like, and that's why I like telling stories. I like telling other people's stories because I want to keep those things for for forever. I mean, and I'm in a good place in history where we have podcasts to post on the internet forever. By the way, this is going to be in the internet forever. <laughs> oh my gosh! If you ever want to run for president, try to hide yep, this. This will <laughs> come out right away. But yeah, I think I think it's very important that those stories are told and they're not forgotten because then I mean you get situations where people are making up facts that may or may not be true and it completely changes the way you're seen. Do you think you could ever be remembered notoriously? Like, well, well what you're doing right now is obviously like very lighthearted and, and yeah. good um, contributions to the world. Would you ever consider being remembered I'd love to be a dictator. Yeah, that would be yeah cool. exactly. But no, I'm, I'm a huge history buff. I love history. I've been watching Rome on HBO. Highly recommend it to anyone listening. But like, you think about like Augustus Caesar. He's remembered as a great ruler, but also as a tyrant. It's like, that would be kind of interesting to be in like that realm or even, and I know this gets romanticized and it's not good to romanticize it, but like bank robbers or outlaws of the wild, I love the wild west. I think that would be interesting. I don't think I could ever be that person. I don't think I could rob a bank. I have to say that because I have an idea to rob a bank <laughs> that if you're interested, we can talk about off the air, but I don't think I could do anything notorious. I don't think that that's in my character. What about you? Mm, same here. Yeah. If I'd... there was a notorious thing that you would want to be remembered for. I would really like to 
steal an airplane. I, I, you know, I have zero pilot experience, but I feel like the rush would be way worth it. What would you do with the airplane? Just fly it around? Just have a good old time? Just go wherever I wanted. I love to travel, so if I could travel for free. I mean, isn't that the most efficient way to to travel long distances? Besides a spaceship. Oh, obviously. I didn't even think of that. I mean, teleportation Teleportation. isn't quite... It's not not ready I don't know why I said spaceship, (laughs) but I was like, I was thinking teleportation. That's what I wanted to say, but I said, I didn't mean spaceship. I'm I'm working on my teleporting. Let's keep that. I'll cut that off so we can sell that later for patents. Maybe try coming rich. You could get your own private jet. Then you could just steal that whenever you want. You know, I did play the Powerball when it was at like one point something billion. Yeah. Didn't win, obviously. Oh. (laughs) Because I'm here. Well, let's just end this podcast because this is not worth it for me. Um, But yeah, I think going back to the whole point of Kakua 129 legacy, I think it is important to be remembered. I think it's important to try to live a life of happiness. I've talked about this before. I think life is about chasing happiness and in that chase, realizing that's the happiness you are chasing, if that makes sense. Yes. Very Buddha quote there, but yeah, good for good for her. I hope I hope she can have some happy days for the next 50 years she's alive. <laughs> uh, the oldest official person to live the longest, you want to guess who it is? According to Guinness, this is official. Ooh, official, huh? My guess would be somebody from like an Asian country. They have fantastic health. She is from France. Do you want to guess how old she was? I'm going to guess like 117. 122 and 164 days old. Imagine how many wrinkles she had. All right, Haley, are you ready to get into the last news story of the day. I'm ready. This is from the drive.com. LA is trying to fix its prostitution problem by banning right turns at night. Are you a right turner or a left turner? Right turn, whenever possible. Awesome. Northwestern Avenue, one of a roughly billion streets in LA, runs just five miles, but at night becomes one of the biggest corridors for street prostitution in the United States. Local law enforcement, in an attempt to quell the world's oldest profession, is testing out new methods to dissuade potential Johns. Johns are the people that buy prostitutes. I guess, including signs indicating no right turns can be made off of the main road from the hours of midnight to 7 a.m. The idea is to discourage potential Johns from picking up a prostitute from the main road of Northwestern Avenue and then turning off the main road, a right turn, which would have to be a right turn because that's how we drive in the U.S., into a much quieter and private residential neighborhood to transact business. With the traffic signs in place, police now have probable cause to issue a traffic stop if they believe a potential transaction is to occur. Under California Penal Code 647B, the buying and selling of sex are illegal and that no service needs to be exchanged or agreed upon for police to arrest someone. An offer or request of prostitution is enough for an arrest. Senior lead officer of LAPD's Olympic division, Joseph Palayo, who worked vice in Hollywood back in the late 90s, says it might be a strange tactic, but it works for being a band-aid to fix the problem. He says, however, a long-term solution is still needed. Haley, the article also mentions LA's Skid Row. Have you been to LA? I've never been to LA. You love to travel, but you've never been to that's, California. That's huh? right. LA or just California or California in general? I've never been to California. That's where you're, st- if you're yep. still in the plane, you're going to yep. California first. Flying into LAX. Uh, but the article also mentions LA Skid Row, which is an area of downtown Los Angeles that contains one of the, one of the largest stable populations of homeless people in the United States, estimated to be between 5,000 to 8,000 people. Um, Haley, you are the mayor of LA. And and you have to play it. Uh, you have to plan out 
your yearly budget, what are you spending more money on, fixing homelessness or fixing prostitution? To be honest, that's quite a moral dilemma. I feel like... Well, why is it a moral dilemma for you? Because they both need fixing. I mean, they're both, I don't know about like equally terrible. I don't know how you would compare those in in that sort of sense, but it's just a tough decision. I think homelessness would probably be my my choice. And that's just because if you can put uh, measures in order to hopefully prevent homelessness, or, you know, provide housing to people, they wouldn't... Maybe I should put it this way. Prostitution is always going to be an issue, um, regardless of, you know, the measures you put in place to try and prevent it. It's people breaking the law. They're going to find ways around whatever laws you put in place. Whereas homelessness, if you can find a way to provide housing for these people, that's less of a continuous issue, I would say. I, I totally agree with you on what you say. It's like prostitution is always going to be a thing. It's the world's oldest profession for a reason. If you boil down what humans need, it's eating, sleeping, and procreating. That's the three things. And if you make one of those illegal... People are going to find a way to get what they need, no matter no matter what laws you put into place. Exactly. It's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. What is that? It's basically a pyramid of ideas put in place. Um, why can't I like think of a good way to explain this? <laughs> um, so Maslow, he's a psychologist. His reasons for like people doing what they do and at the very bottom of the pyramid, which is like basic necessities, it's like food, shelter, clothing. Well, not even necessarily clothing, but sex is like one of them. And so obviously, since it's at the base of the pyramid, you need that to survive or and procreate, okay. essentially. That makes a little more sense. I think you explained it well. <laughs> no. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I, I'm like right on that point on, yeah, I think the homeless problem is a bigger issue. Uh, like Leo said, this traffic sign, it's a good idea, but it's a temporary fix. It's just a band-aid on a much bigger problem. And obviously, with that bigger problem, do you believe prostitution is illegal in the United States because it's harmful to society? or because it's harmful to people's moral judgment, or maybe even a mix of both? I think it is a mix of both. And if you look at it in terms of like human trafficking, there's people being abducted and thrown into this realm of prostitution that they they didn't ask for. Um, And I think that that's, you know, one of the overarching issues that has to do with prostitution. Do you think, so do you think prostitution should be legalized? Because that's a very common debate whenever elections, we just had our elections, a very common election debate. Where do you stand on that? I do not think it should be legalized. And I feel like that's just maybe more of a moral judgment on on my own behalf. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't I don't think it should be. I'm the opposite. I think prostitution should be legalized. I think if they do legalize, it needs to be very structured, it needs to be regulated, it needs to be governed. The reason we can get into your reasons. The reason I believe that is like we said, it's the oldest profession in the world. No matter what tactic we use, it's going to be around. It's going to happen. People want to have sex. They're going to find ways to have sex. It doesn't matter what you do. But I think if you legalize it, you can regulate it to the point on making it safer for not only STDs, but also safer for the people involved in it, the sex workers. You can give them equal rights. And I do believe human trafficking is a huge issue, and I'm totally against human trafficking. I think that's the worst thing in the world. And I think having it legalized might help disperse sex trafficking out of prostitution. Because to me, when I think of prostitution, I think of it as someone is in need of a service, someone provides a service, that person in need of a service, pays for the service, and receives a service. And that's it. You know, they talked about prostitution being a victimless crime, and I believe that. I think it is a victimless crime. But then when you get into, like, the topics of sex trafficking, human trafficking, rape, assault, robbery, drug use that people think of when they think of prostitution, then I think it becomes a crime with 
tons of victims. Because one of the things I talk about in Roar for Change is trophy hunting being very beneficial for animals. And the truth is, it is. But there's so many negative connotations around it. There's so much bribery, corruption, just people having a bad understanding of it that it's actually negative towards animals. So that's that's kind of how I see it and why I believe it should be legalized. I think it'll be a lot better for sex workers, but that's my thoughts. I'm sure. very interested to hear your thoughts. To be honest, the only, I guess, where my viewpoint stems from, and you, one of your main reasons was, you know, you can regulate it. I just don't know how that would be done. And I think that's where, you know, my view is so against it is because I don't see a plan in place on how to regulate this because I feel like even with regulation there's still going to be illegal activity involved. Yeah, I think that's a very good point because when you think about marijuana, marijuana is legal in most places across the United States but there's still illegal activities. Right. And with that and I think I think you make a very good point on regulation. How do you regulate it? Because one of the things I think of when I think about prostitution in general is I don't want people to I don't want the government to be involved in what I do behind closed doors with another person. That's my business. Wherever I decide to stick it, that that should be me. The government, Minnesota, they shouldn't have to worry about what I'm doing. So yeah, it's how do you regulate it? So that's that's a very good point. But yeah, I think we're in a time where it's ridiculous that we're throwing sex workers in jail for doing something that they enjoy doing. And I'm not talking about sex trafficking. Sex trafficking is obviously very bad. I want to make that very clear. There are people who are into prostitution who do not want to be there. But they're also, I don't want to say but because that means it's like a continuation of it. There are sex workers who are sex workers because they enjoy it. This is what they like to do with their lives. And I think we should be able to provide them with a safer work environment. I think we should be able to provide them with a, I don't know, just a better feeling about what they're doing. I can I can definitely agree it's with sex. that aspect yeah. of it. Because it's like it's the bottom of the pyramid. Sex is the bottom of the pyramid. People are so against sex, but it's just sex. Sex, 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 sex. I can say it so many times and people are going to get offended. They're going to feel morally bad about it. It's a natural human thing. It's how we've gotten here from people thousands of years ago. Right. Why do you think we have hookup apps like Tinder? Exactly. You know? How And it's like, how is that any different, really? Some of these hookup apps, you have to, I mean, obviously you're not paying directly for the app, but you're downloading something for a service so going back to like the core principle ideas of what prostitution is, in need of a service, you're in need of a service, you get something, you're not paying for it always. I know sometimes you can pay for it, like the increased matches or something, but whatever. You're finding someone who can provide that service, and then you're doing the service, and then you're done. So it's just it's just one of those things where there's very good pros and cons for both sides, and I think I'm leaning more of the pro side, or more of, more of the legalization side. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if that makes I would sense. say... I'm I'm kind of neutral. And it's 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 one of those it's another one of those like tough situations where it's like it's a very taboo topic. Absolutely. It's something people don't want to talk about. And as I say like on just about every episode, I think it's important to talk about because that's how we solve those issues. And every everything's harder when there's like morals involved. Yeah, morals, religion, just your way of life. Like if we looked at something just with no influences, no opinions, I feel like we could make smarter decisions. But yeah, it's just, you know, you guys are listening to this on Thanksgiving, have a talk about <laughs> prostitution. Find out where find out where your family members uh, stand. But I don't know, I just think it's interesting. I think more people should be talking about these types of things because it shouldn't be an issue. We shouldn't be having a discussion about a right turn sign being 
a band-aid fix to prostitution. We should figure out these things, right, Haley? That's the world right. needs to figure out these things. It's not my job to do it. It's not Haley's job to do it. It's everyone's job to do it. I like that. Uh, Haley, thank you for taking the time to discuss some of the strangest and interesting news stories the world has to offer. Once again, if you want to see more of what Haley spends her time doing, you can follow her on Instagram at Haley Reeve, spelled H-A-L-E-R-E-E-V. What can they expect from your Instagram? Just, you know, a day in the life of Haley. What is the typical day in the life? Well, I, w- I work like 80 hours a week, so it's a lot of uh, me working. Otherwise, me hanging out with my friends and my sisters and some cool pics of the Duluth area. Fair enough. Ooh, that's that's a good little teaser there for Duluth. Uh, however, thank you guys for listening to Water Cooler Talk, the only such podcast on the internet, hosted by myself and guest hosted today by Haley, where we take the strangest and most interesting real life news stories from around the world and just try and have a good old conversation about some of the ideas discussed in those bizarre news stories. And remember, if you're not listening to this episode on Thanksgiving, we can find you. Or we can find you and we will find you. That's right. I have a plane to get there, wherever you are in the world. Haley's willing to steal a plane. We got a baseball bat. We'll break your legs. That's Oh, that's showbiz, baby. Uh, and you can listen to our show on Spotify, or you can head over to our website at newwestmedia.co slash watercoolertalkpod to choose your favorite way to listen and catch up on any old episodes you may have missed. We are available on all podcast platforms. And once again, if you'd like to reach out to the show with a strange local news story, or if you just want to share some of your own comments, you can do so at watercoolertalkpod at gmail.com. And for the week following this episode being posted, if you decide to tweet us at watercoolertalk, talk spelled T-L-K, with your your favorite Thanksgiving dish, I will respond back with the appropriate emoji. I'm not an emoji user, so it'll be an interesting... Are you an emoji oh, user? Oh, I love emojis. What's your favorite emoji? Um, Probably the little side-eye smiley face guy. I have no idea what that looks like. It's kind of sassy. Sassy. Sassy emoji. That's right. All right, Haley, every episode I have the guest close out the show. You can close it out however you feel is the right way to close out a show. All right. Well, I want to thank you, Adam, for oh, having me much. here as a guest. You're the first guest to ever thank me. Oh. No, I... I that that was just throwing every other guest under the bus. That's right. Um, I feel like an appropriate way to close out the show is with a quote from one of my coworkers. Wherever you guys are in the world, wherever you are in your life, have the day that you deserve. That is a good quote. Do you want to quote that person? or his name's, his name's Jake, but we'll leave it at that. All right. <laughs> well, thanks, Jake, for that quote. And thank you guys for listening to another awesome episode, uh, specifically a Thanksgiving theme episode that did not have any Thanksgiving themed stories. But that's how we play it here on Water Cooler Talk Pod. All right, guys, you can find another new episode every other Thursday. But until then, we'll see you next time. Peace. This is the story of a podcast that takes weird news from across the world. And while many of these stories may seem fake, they're absolutely not because they're real. <laughs>